0: Bishop Boyer has invited us to participate in the year of the Bible. It started in December and continues through November. And it's a chance to every day to read one chapter from one book of the Bible a day. And it's a, it's a scheduled program where there's, you know so far we've gone through, we've did some chapters of Isaiah, and then we did all of the Gospel of Matthew and then Philippians. And now we're in the midst of 1 Corinthians. And I think it's a really good thing. And, and, uh, but I had somebody ask me, well, how does this year of the Bible relate to the readings that we hear on Sunday when we come to church? Is there any connection between the two of them? And I would say yes, and I would say no. No, in that the readings we hear on Sunday... That's based on where we are in the liturgical year. I mean, we just finished the Christmas season. You know, we had, we had the crib set up all here, and so our readings focused around Christmas. Now we, we're moving into ordinary time. I'm wearing green as a sign of ordinary or counted time. In a little while, we'll be moving into Lent. And, and so the readings that we hear on Sunday are related to what, re, what season we're in. So they're not related to the year of the Bible, on the other hand, my hope is that by if we participate in the Year of the Bible, by the end of that year, you will have heard a lot of the readings that we hear on Sunday, and you'll also hear some that we don't get to hear on Sunday. Now... This question, though, prompted me. As I said, we're in the middle of uh, reading 1 Corinthians. We started that January 11th. It goes through January 26th. And I thought, well, this is a good time to study uh, 1 Corinthians. And, and when do we hear from 1 Corinthians in, on, when we come to Mass? Well, here's what I discovered. Is the way the church lectionary, that's what, that's what we get the readings from for Sunday, is set up. Every year, the first six or seven weeks of ordinary time, the second reading is always from 1 Corinthians. And and that's based on a three-year cycle, but it doesn't matter which cycle year we're in, we're always going to be hearing from 1 Corinthians this time of year. So for our second reading, from now through the beginning of Lent, you're going to be hearing 1 Corinthians. Okay? Next year, same thing. Year after that, same thing. So, as I was looking at this book, uh, this letter of of St. Paul to the Christian community of Corinth, I I certainly would encourage you to read the whole book, you know, chapter by chapter. Read what you can about some of the background and understanding of it. But if you want the super condensed version, I can put it in one word. Body. Body. Okay, that's the word body, and I'd like to give you three, for instances of it. Okay, let's start with the time that we always hear from First Corinthians is on Holy Thursday. It's always our second reading. Holy Thursday is when we celebrate the Last Supper, when Jesus gathered with his disciples the night before he died, and First Corinthians chapter eleven. It's the oldest written account we have of what happened at the Last Supper. And we read in chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, Paul writes, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is at the heart of our worship. This is at the core of our faith. When Jesus, the night before he died, takes the bread, takes the wine, this is my body, this is my blood, do this in remembrance of me. That's what we've been doing ever since as as Christians gathered together. Every time we come to Mass during the Eucharistic prayer, the bread and wine, are transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit into the body and blood of Jesus. And then every time when we come forward to receive the Lord in the communion, the priest or Eucharistic minister says, the body of Christ. And we say, amen. Amen means I believe. And it's really our way of receiving Jesus into our lives. Uh, He chooses to be present to us in, in the host. And so we say amen to the body of Christ. Amen. I, I want, Lord, that I receive you into myself and to allow me to be transformed by you. So that's what we that, that the body of Christ. And as I said, that's the first one is with Corinthians. That's where the earliest written piece. But here's the thing I want you to think about. When we say amen to the body of Christ, we're saying amen to the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, but Paul also uses the term body of Christ to refer to the Christian community. Okay, So when we say amen to the body of Christ, we're also saying amen to us gathered around here. And here's the thing about that community at Corinth. They had some issues, okay? And the biggest issue they had was they were very divided from each other. They had all these spiritual gifts, but they didn't, couldn't stand each other, some of them. Some of them were so, I'm, I follow after Paul. Other, I'm after Cephas, you know, Peter. Or I'm for Jesus, or I'm for Apollos. And so, so they were divided, and they were divided between the, writ, the well-to-do ones and the poor ones. So that's what Paul's trying to address when he writes to the Corinthians. And the image that he uses is, I think, a wonderful image. He speaks of the body. And in chapter 11, excuse me, chapter 12, Paul writes, The body is one and has many members, but all the members, many though they are, are one body. And so it is with Christ. It is in one spirit that all of us, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, were baptized into one body. And so Paul really puts the emphasis that we, no matter how we may disagree with each other, but we are united. We are one body in Christ. That's chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13 contains probably the most famous uh, passage in 1 Corinthians. I'm guessing many of you use this at your wedding. That's Paul's description of love in chapter 13. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is forgiving. And Paul has this beautiful description of love. And I certainly recommend it for married couples. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it's a wonderful reading to choose. But that wasn't Paul's original purpose in writing it. He was writing it for this Christian community that that he's trying to get them to see, you are the body of Christ. And if we're the body of Christ, what's Jesus all about? Jesus is about love, right? So that's what Paul is saying. If we're the body of Christ, we're called to love one another. And here's some practical ways to do that. Be patient with each other. Be kind to one another. Um, probably if he was writing today is don't argue politics with one another. He might say that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, how do we express our, our love for each other? So that's the second piece of body in, in uh in the Corinthians. The third one is from today's reading. And this is just one of those kind of happy times as I said my question the person asked me was how are the readings of the day and the readings from the bishop's year of the Bible related? Well, if you were if you read it the bishop's year of the Bible yesterday, you would have recognized the reading we had today from 1 Corinthians. It was the same one from chapter 6. And the phrase that I liked when want to emphasize is, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? One of the other issues with the Corinthians, some of them in their understanding of the human person, they were were into kind of a dualism between uh, the body, the flesh, and the spirit. And their sense was, you know, what really counts is the spirit, so do whatever you want in your body, doesn't matter. And Paul is writing to say, no, it does matter. We are, as human beings, mind, body, and spirit. We are body and soul. Uh, we are a unity. And, and that's what he gets across with that phrase, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. We are destined for eternity. Okay, And there's a lot we could say about this, this sense of how Paul understands the body. But there's three things I'd want to emphasize this morning. First is, I think as a society, we can get a bit fixated on body image. And people, they worry that I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too wide, I'm too narrow, I have too much hair, I'm losing my hair, whatever. Uh, But when you think about your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, that means you are beautiful just as you are because you are created by God. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing, is you are beautiful just as you are. Don't worry about what you think of your nose or whatever. So, okay. Secondly, if we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, our body, take care of your body, okay? If you haven't already quit smoking, quit smoking All right, or vaping or whatever. Um, Think about what you take into your body. uh, What you eat, what you drink, do you exercise? So take care of your body. And then the third thing is, you know what, if we're bodies of the temple of the Holy Spirit, so is everybody else. Respect other people's bodies. This is the gift of sexuality. Where we don't view people as objects but we view people as temples of the holy spirit so this morning i hope you do read all of first corinthians but in case you don't remember body remember that Jesus, that Paul handed on what he had received, that every time we gather at Mass, we do so in memory of Jesus, who gives us his body in the Eucharist. We gather as the body of Christ in the faith community, and we recognize our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. May we glorify God in the body.